Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's Scout Fantasy Sports. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis solo here for one more hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam Ronis on the gram at Aaron88. Lots to get to here in the next hour. And, of course, find me, ScoutFantasySports.com. Dominate your fantasy baseball drift by becoming a member of Scout today. Use the promo code BATS50 to get 50% off your first two months. I'm working on my updated rankings. Second, according to Fantasy Pros last year, for draft accuracy ranking. So you can get access to that. Sean Childs with a very good article on how to churn your roster in order to win. Very important. You should check that out. He also has a lot of strategy articles we got profiles, team outlooks, tons of great con- content that you can win your league with. So check it out today. In addition, Fantasy NASCAR rankings, ScoutDFS.com. And we'll have Steve Renner from ScoutDFS.com coming up in the next segment talking baseball with him. Of course, first day of the college basketball tournament. We have some finals already. LSU defeats L 79-74. Minnesota knocks off Louisville 86-76. Florida State and Vermont are tied at halftime at 27. And Auburn leads New Mexico State 53-45 with 11.05 left in the second half. So we'll keep you posted if anything happens there. Of course, second baseball game today earlier this morning. Mariners beat the A's in 12 innings 5-4 as Hunter Strickland picked up his second save of the season. Kikuchi made his debut for Seattle. Four and two-thirds forwards, two runs, one earned a walk at three Ks. Ichiro Suzuki pulled in the eighth inning to a standing ovation as he retires. Mitch Hanniger a home run. Ryan Healy a home run. And Matt Olson had to leave this game early with a hand injury. He fouled off a ball, was in pain, and could not grip a bat. So it sounds like a hammy bone. We don't have any official confirmation. Looks like he'll be examined when he comes back to the U.S., so we'll keep you posted on that. Uh, mentioned a pitcher getting a contract extension before the break. It's Blake Snell, the race. He gets a five-year, $50 million contract extension. He was ex- scheduled to make 573700 this year, so he gets uh, some more money there. Uh, we're keeping an eye on Corey Knable. He's dealing with an elbow issue, and he is going to be seeing a doctor today, but there definitely seems like this could be a problem and maybe why they have been linked to Craig Kimbrell as supposedly the talks are getting more serious. So we'll see what happens there, but you got to drop Knable down the draft board. Uh, Chase Anderson's going to open the season in the bullpen for the Brewers, and Jesus Lazardo is going to miss four to six weeks with a shoulder issue. So got to push him down the draft board. So we've Got quite a bit of injuries here over the last couple of weeks. Several players starting the year on the DL and some missing time. So really got to pay attention. And again, it comes down to roster construction as to how far 
they eat these guys far and whether it's value. It really kind of depends what you have on your roster, how much risk can you take on. But definitely a little concerned here about Lazardo because we might not see him till the end of May or early June. Now at the same time, if you were taking him, we knew this year that you weren't going to get a ton of innings since he's 21 and uh, coming off uh, an injury. So you do have to take that into account. But it's always tough beginning the season with someone on, on your bench that's injured unless you have unlimited DL spots. If that's the case, no problem. Put them on the DL, pick up someone else. But I don't think many leagues have that. And, of course, in the high-stakes leagues of the NFBC, we do not have that. I was talking earlier about uh, my GST draft and the way I put my team together. Uh, if you missed any of that, you could always check out the first part on demand. But I'll quickly run through the way I started my team. Uh, Christian Yelich would pick number three overall. Then Freddie Freeman, Noah Syndergaard. In the fourth, Carlos Correa, Daniel Murphy in the fifth, Victor Robles in the sixth, Brad Hand in the seventh, Travis Shaw in the eighth, and Eduardo Rodriguez in the ninth. That was the last guy I spoke about. Uh, round 10, uh, there was a lot of good guys on the board that I, where I wanted to go. I was hoping to get Joey Gallo that round. Uh, he went with the seventh pick of round 10. There is... Uh, something with Gallo, though, he's been dealing with a groin injury and he hasn't played for several days. They do expect him to be ready. So once he was gone, uh, it came down to, you know, pretty much Rugnet Odor because I, I felt like he fell to the end of round 10. And uh, I think Odor is a guy that made improvements last year, especially in the second half. He became more patient, drew more walks. He had the injury last year too with the hamstring i know he hasn't been very efficient on the base pass but he can give you double digit steals and he's got power and he has 230 homer seasons under his belt and while the batting average is a little bit of a concern as i mentioned previously with a lot of the guys i took early it's allowing me to take on a little bit more batting average risk and odor still can hit 250 260 but even if he's below that mark the power and speed i like in that spot Round 11, you know, wanted to go pitcher, and I wound up going with Tyler Glass now. Uh, I considered Joe Musgrove as well, and he went with the next pick. I know Glass now that day did not have a good outing against the Yankees, but we know he's going to get a ton of strikeouts. The innings are a little bit of a concern. We've seen these tall pitchers tend to struggle a little bit, especially with command. Even if you remember Randy Johnson earlier in his career was not great early on. It took him some time, so... I have confidence that the Rays can turn him around. And when we saw him last year, he was pretty good. And this is about the spot where you have to get him. And we didn't see a lot of pitchers go in this round, actually. There was a lot of bats, and I really didn't need a bat at that point. So I took the shot on glass. Though I know there's definitely some risk, but I, I think he could have a really good year if he can put it together. You know, it does hurt that he has to face the Red Sox and the Yankees. We saw what the Yankees did to him the other day. But I do have confidence that he can turn it around. It's a guy that throws hard, high prospect pedigree. So uh, in this round, you know, there was no one that, no other arms that really stood out to me. You know, I thought about Musgrove. I thought there was a chance he would make it back. Obviously, that didn't happen. Someone else had similar thoughts that I have on Musgrove there. So went with Glass now as my third starter. Round 12 came back and took Domingo Santana. Again, this was Tuesday night. And Domingo Santana is someone that I've talked about pretty much all offseason. You know, he was obviously very cheap in early drafts. And I kept saying, like, what is the problem here? You know, Domingo Santana is a player that we saw have 30 homers and 15 steals two years ago. And I know that was in Milwaukee in a better ballpark than Seattle. 
But last year, Christian Yelich and Lorenzo Cain were acquired, and there was really nowhere for Domingo Santana to play. And when he got on the field, he wasn't very good, but part of that is not playing every day. So you go to Seattle where you're going to get the opportunity to play every day, and you know I took him in Tout Wars. I think Tout Wars was round 13. And he's one of those players. I mean, obviously not now because he hit a grand slam in the first game and he stole a base yesterday. So now his price is going to get pushed up. But for a good portion of drafting season, you know, you looked at his ADP and you were like, where do I take him? And you can't wait too long because not everyone's going to look at the ADP. So that was kind of the dilemma I've had with drafting Domingo Santana. But I took him in Tout Wars. I think it was round 13 on March 5th. I got him in an auction last week for six bucks. I wanted to get him in the NFBC auction, but there was someone that had more money. I think he went for 10 or 11 in that one. I was definitely the runner-up bidder there. So, you know, double-digit rounds with the price you're paying to get the potential of, you know, 30 home runs and 10 to 15 steals definitely worth the price at this point. I mean, he was a guy last year before the Brewers made those trades. He was going in the fifth, sixth round. So it's not going to be as steep of a discount, especially if you're in an AL-only league this weekend. And that's kind of what sucks about the early games and if you have your draft after them because people are going to chase. And, you know, just because he had two games does not validate what I'm saying. Uh, but I do think that, you know, he is going to uh, have a, a real nice year. And I was happy to get him at that point. Once he slipped there, it was like no debate. All right, got to get him because, you know, he's probably going to go. And then uh, round 13 – Went with Hinjin Ryu. Now, either him or Maeda is going to start opening day for the Dodgers. So uh, I've mentioned numerous times about this Dodgers pitching staff. There's a lot of good arms here, and all of them are probably going to spend some time on the DL at some point. So you're probably looking at your 150 from most of them. Obviously, if Kershaw is healthy, he'll be the guy that goes the most. Uh, Walker Bueller, obviously, they want to get on the mound too. Look, Ryu was very good last year when he pitched. Uh, he's only 31 years old. He feels like he's so much older. I was kind of going over that like a month or two ago. I was like, he feels like he's 32, 34. And I was like, wow, 31. He only threw 82 in the third innings last year, but when he was on the mound, they were great. 1.97 ERA. His strand rate was a little high at 85.4%. But either way, he just doesn't walk anyone. 27.5% strikeout rate, and he's on a pretty good team. So I know... I'm not going to get a full season out of him, but I know when he is on the mound, he's going to be pretty good. So to take him in that spot, uh, I actually thought about him or Maeda. I'd actually have quite a bit of Maeda, so I went in the opposite direction. Uh, I don't know, but I do like Maeda a lot too, So uh, and Stripling. I like a lot of those Dodgers pitchers this year. So went with Ryu in round 13. Uh, round 14 came back with Max Kepler, again, another guy that I think could break out this year. Uh, right now, it looks like he's going to hit leadoff to start the year. I think he can move down. I think he's more of a middle-of-the-order guy for the power. Uh, he does draw some walks. But as I've been saying, the Twins really don't have that prototype leadoff hitter. I thought it might have been Jorge Polanco. Even he's not the ideal leadoff hitter. But Kepler does draw walks. Uh, hasn't been a good average guy. 20 homers, 58 RBIs last year. Uh, but I, I think he could have a big, big power year. And even if the average is not great, I think he hit a 250. But again, with the team I have, uh, I can take that. And I'm really looking for power out of him. And if he does hit leadoff, he should score a lot of runs. The RBIs could take a little bit of a hit. But I don't know if that is 
that lineup is going to be final. I think you could see some movement, uh, especially if a guy like Byron Buxton gets real hot and shows the ability to get on base consistently. I think you could see him move up to the leadoff spot. Uh, so I think there's a lot of moving parts here, but I really like Kepler this year to have a potential breakout. If you look at a lot of the underlying numbers last year, he made improvements. He cut down on the strikeouts. He improved the walk rate. He hit left-handed pitching, which is probably the biggest concern for people. He hit a lot more fly balls. The hard contact went up, but it wasn't reflected in the surface stats. So a lot of people kind of look at that and they go, ah, this guy's not any good. He hasn't made any improvement. I mean, the Twins obviously show confidence in him by signing to that extension. He's 26 years old, so uh, I like him in this round uh, to get him. And uh, I was looking for some power to get him around 14 was nice. Round 15, obviously, needed to kind of build the pitching a little more. more. And I went with Steven Matz. He made 30 starts last year. You know, the knock on him is, can he stay healthy? And uh, I think he can be have a pretty good year for the Mets. Uh, obviously, he has a couple of outings where he gets hammered. It happened last year. I think he had an outing where he went two-thirds of an inning, gave it like six, seven runs. That kind of inflated his numbers a little bit. And then obviously this spring recently against the Nationals, he got hammered. I believe he's on the mound today. Uh, but uh, that that's about where I'm going to take him. Uh, I'm going to take a shot on him because I think he can produce uh, good numbers for this year. Round 16, I took Matt Strom, and he has really risen up draft boards. As I mentioned, Tout Wars, on March 5th, I got him in round 25, and I've always liked the arm. I uh, thought it was a good acquisition by San Diego. He's got that nasty slider. And look, he hasn't thrown many innings and mostly out of relief last year, but uh, I think he could have a really good season. So took the shot on it in round 16. Uh, I think there's big ceiling for him there if he can uh, stay healthy. Round 17, I took my first catcher, and it's Jan Gomes. Uh, I like Jan Gomes this year. I know he might not play every day. Uh, was told he's in good shape. Uh, he's always been a solid catcher, too. It's a good Nationals lineup. I think he's going to get the opportunity to drive in runs. And I, to me, he's one of those catchers that's really not going to hurt you. Uh, even if he has 350, 400 at-bats, you know, last year he had 16 homers, 48 RBIs, and batted 266. It's not bad from a catcher. You know how many catchers you're going to wish you got those numbers from at the end of the year? And to get him in round 17? So I was actually quite happy with that. And he is someone I'm looking at as my number one catcher if I don't get one in the first 10, 11 rounds. Sure, I would love Yasmani Gurdal. I would love Wilson Ramos. But not going to be able to get them in every draft because um, I just feel like it's difficult for me to take a catcher that early uh, when I can get Gomes later on. So was happy to get Gomes there in round 17. Round 18 went with Michael Waka. He's had a good spring and he's healthy. He's someone that I had last year in quite a few leagues, and obviously he got off to the good start before the injury. Obviously we'd like to see some more strikeouts, but I think he can produce a, a solid year. Uh, and in round 19, I was looking for some more speed. The guy that I wanted in round 18, that was the target, was Cedric Mullins. And he went three picks before me. And he's going to hit leadoff for the Orioles. He's got a little pop, but I think the Orioles are going to let him run wild. They'll let him run wild. We saw with Jonathan VR when he came over last year how often he ran. And I think they're going to be aggressive with Mullins and let him run. So I was kind of looking for speed there. And Mullins was the target. And he was gone. So... 
in round 19 might seem a little early, maybe uh, based on his ADP, but you can't really worry about that late in the draft. I think that's another thing, too. When you start worrying about, well, I'm ahead of his ADP, especially in the middle to late rounds, you could lose out on a player. Don't worry about it if there's someone you want. So I felt like I was a little light in speed, so I went with Delano DeShields. And if you remember, DeShields was a guy last year who really rose up draft boards. And, you know, I typically don't like to tape that type of player with not much pop. But I'm really looking for some stolen bases here. And he was pretty bad last year. But we have seen, you know, 29 steals two years ago, even 20 last year. Um, so we'll see if he can get that average back. Don't expect much power for him. But I'm really looking for stolen bases for him. And I think I have a good base of power that I should be able to absorb the low amount of home runs. Again, it's not ideal. Would have preferred Mullins. But... I had to kind of go with what's left there on the board, and it was the Shields in round 19. Round 20, Julio Urias from the Dodgers. Uh, he is probably going to open the year in the bullpen, but even out of the bullpen, he can provide some good innings, and I think at some point, you know, he might get an opportunity to start. We mentioned all of the Dodgers' injuries on that pitching staff, so it could open it up. So he's someone that I'll just keep on the bench for now. Round 21, Jorge Soler, who I really like. He's had a good spring. He got off to a good start last year and then got hurt. And he's going to hit third, fourth in that Royals lineup with a lot of speed guys in front of him. So a lot of opportunities to drive in runs. When we return, I'll be joined by Steve Renner, ScoutDFS.com. We'll talk baseball with him as we continue with his Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy. March is here. Got the Amon ready to rock today, baby. Headless Greg. Down with Belmont. All I've heard all week, Belmont, Belmont, Belmont. Gabe wants to put money on Belmont. I'm with Jordan Erie, man. The smart money's on Maryland. The smart people on Maryland. Don't bet with your heart, Craig. Weekdays, noon Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on popular podcast providers. Hi, I'm Keith Urban. I believe every child is entitled to a complete and inspiring education. Music education programs in our schools help kids learn, socialize, gain confidence, and stay in school. But they need your help to survive. Mr. Holland's Opus Foundation gives school music programs the instruments they need to make this opportunity available to every student who wants to play. With your help, we can keep music alive in our schools and give all kids the education they deserve. Visit mhopus.org now to find out how you can help. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 Do, do
It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. You can check out ScoutFantasySports.com. Use the promo code BATS50. Get 50% off your first two months. We have tons of great content for fantasy baseball. Sean Childs has an article looking at how to work the waiver wire and churn the roster. I have spring training observations, updated my rankings as well. There's more updates to come with a lot of news and injuries filtering out today. So you could check it out, ScoutFantasySports.com, as well as ScoutDFS.com, where Steve Renner is a big part of it. And Steve joins me now. Steve, what's up? Steve, are you there? Hello? Yeah. Hey, what's up? What's up, Steve, man? How's it going? Good. How you Pretty good, man. Were you able to watch the games from Japan? A little bit. Uh, I got to see the whole ceremony with, um, with Ichiro there. That's, uh, I guess, a nice send-off for him. Yeah, that is true. I didn't get to see that one. I recorded the first one, watched it, but uh, with the NCAA tour and on, I really didn't get to watch the second game yet, but saw a lot of the highlights. So did you play in the showdown slate at all? I did for the first night. Uh, Kings kind of changed it up this year. They went to uh, – it, it mirrors more their their football format where you pick a, a captain and then five utility play. So I dabbled in it the first two days just to get, you know, for entertainment purposes. Um First night was okay. Second night wasn't as good, but uh, I did play and pay attention. Had Domingo Santana the first day, and uh, you know expected a little bit lower scoring game game here, and was actually surprised that Seattle's bullpen than than I expected here in the second game. But it is just we'll see how it plays out the rest of the year. Uh, you recently did an article on scoutdivas.com with new old faces and new places. So let's talk about some of those players and what you see for them this year, whether it's season long or DFS. A catcher, Mike Zunina, goes to Tampa Bay. We know he's got big power, also does not hit for much average. He's generally been going, though, right as the borderline catcher won because the position is so weak. But what did you see from Zunino in Tampa Bay this year? Yeah, so it's obviously, you know, the, the biggest obvious piece here is the ballpark shift of going from Seattle to, to Tampa. And Tampa's really a, a hitter-friendly park or even a, a home-run-friendly park. Uh, but side right if you take that equation out of it you're gonna to have to look at the Zimino here where in the AS, his only really good ballpark that he was going to frequently was going to be texas and now you're going to get the, the pitching staff in camden yards uh yankee stadium boston who definitely have to have good pitching but i think that Zanino is is making it a decent transition in terms of what he is and that is a, a home run hitter so he's gonna i think actually see an uptick in that He's probably never going to hit for a lot of average, but the one nice thing I like about that Tampa lineup is they got a lot of guys who are probably going to get on base, and with with whether it's Choi and Nino, they're going to be looking for those guys with pop to really drive them in on probably a lot of three-run home runs, uh, the old Earl Weaver method, if you will. So I, I you know, uh, kind of, yeah, I think it'll be a lot more relevant, especially in DFS this year. Um, there's always an East Coast bias where people tend to play the guys in the East Coast a little bit more. So I think that he's going to see a boost in home run power. And he's not going to be anything more than he, than he is. He's a, he's a 210, and that's about it for them. How about Yasmani Grandal going to Milwaukee? Yeah, so Milwaukee, after Spark, Grandal has always hit well there. Um, and, you know, it, it, he, he's from the left side of the plate, and it plays well for lefties as well. He gets a, a good that are going to, even with uh, places like Cincinnati, Chicago, when the wind's blowing out, um, loses Arizona and Colorado as well. Grandaldo has typically been a guy that I avoid in the second half of the season. 
but it, it, you know, you look at Adam. I think it's the the context of not only the player what he went to in the in the park and all that, but the the players that are around him. And first lineup, it, it seems like over the years past, whoever's been the catcher there has been in a good spot. And Grindall should play a lot more games, I would think, than than the previous guys they've had there, like Manny. Not uh, so. I, I like Grindall getting an upgrade going to Milwaukee. Talking to Steve Renner, ScoutDFS.com. Uh, CJ Crone going to Minnesota. It's a really improved Twins lineup. Uh, do you think he gets the opportunity to play every day? Will he sit against some right-handers? And uh, can he continue to hit for power like he did in Tampa? Yeah, so the the, the second part there, I, I definitely think he'll hit for power. Uh, Minnesota, the one thing I've noticed about Minnesota over the years in Target Field is the, le- the left field fence, much the dimensions, but it's a really short, um, it's a small wall. So if, you, if you're a good line drive or, or kind of power bat, uh, let's see, Jay Crone, he, he profiles well there. I think he'll do The Marwin Gonzalez signing is probably going to eat into his, his at-bats that he's going to get over the course of the season. So in, in terms of seasonal leagues, I'm chasing after CJ Crone there so much. But in, in terms of DFS, I think he's an excellent spot. And we've seen him batting in – hitting as, as high as two in the order. And when you're looking at that lineup with uh, guys like Rosario and then Cruz, you know, batting behind him, I think he's in a real spot to excel this year. Daniel Murphy goes to Coors Field. It's always an upgrade for anyone at Coors Field. But with Murphy, his swing is penetrating for average. Uh, how good could he be this year? I think he could be great, right? So, you know, with Murphy, he's not going to give you steals. Um, but – Going to Coors, like you said, anybody who goes to Coors is going to get a boost. And Murphy is really into the analytics. He understands the game. And, and he's someone that I think is is going to play really well. He's got a, a very large outfield there. He can, he can put the ball all over the place, opposite the field. He can pull it. And, I, you know, you look at that kind of lineup there, and he's going to get with uh, with Arenado. And, and Dahl should be kind of in his prime this year story as well. So I think Murphy gets – it's obvious that he gets enough to Colorado – um, but he's never been a steals guy. So with Murphy, you're saying, okay, he's going to base, he's going to drive in runs, he's going to score runs, and now his home runs are probably going to go up uh, playing out there. And you know, the overall the division itself, I would say outside of Colorado and LA, the the other three pitching staffs are are probably all taking a step back this year. So I like Daniel Murphy uh, for the course of the season. He, he's someone that eventually is going to fall off, but he went to the perfect spot in Colorado. Jonathan Scope moves to Minnesota, coming off a disappointing year. Can he bounce back and get back to the power numbers that we saw two years ago when he was with Baltimore? Yeah, and the nice thing with Scope is he's good defensively, so you know he's going to be in the lineup. Today. Uh, he won't have a great spot, but he, Scope is someone that the, when he was in Baltimore and in Minnesota, he would always leap off on my radar, has, has good numbers there in his career. Um, you know, he, he's going, you know, people are going to look at this and say, all right, well, he left Camden Yards, it's going to, but, you know, take out the fact that he had a down year last year and everyone, more, it was, you, everyone knew from the start of the season that we're going to be selling off pieces. And you could almost say that mentally the, the whole team wasn't right. And I think Minnesota is going to contest the division title this year in the AL Central. So, uh, I go up to bounce back and, and I would project him to actually have 30 home runs this season. And that's, uh, that's a bull. For, for someone that's going very late in drafts right now. Talking to Steve Renner, scoutdfs.com, looking at old faces and new places. A guy that I liked a lot was Wilmer Flores going to Arizona. I thought he would play every day. 
Not so sure how the playing time distributes now Now that they added Adam Jones. Maybe Cattell Marte gets some time in the infield. But uh, thoughts on Flores for the upcoming season? Well, it's a good point. We don't, we don't even know where Flores is going to play. Um, you know, in his career, we've seen him move over to, to first. He's played a little bit on the left side of the infield. And in Arizona, you know, you, you've got Lamb, you've got Walker. Obviously, you mentioned Jones in the outfield. If they want to put Flores out there, too. So, it, playing time is going to be an issue. But with, with Flores, we know he, he is he's one of these guys where he is what he is, and that is he destroys left-handed pitching. Um, and this is a park that, that plays well for – righties against left-handed pitchers uh, historically. And, and in DFS, that's one of the sharp targets. And when you're going to get Flores, I think there's going to be days where he's going to bat at the top of that order. Uh, he has enough power to drive the ball out of that park, even with the humidor there. With, when the roof is open, he's in a really good spot, I think, to excel. The question is just going to be, where is he playing? Where is he going to be batting in, in the batting order? But he should be very cheap in, in DFS a lot of times this year. Josh Donaldson goes to Atlanta, and I think obviously the biggest question is health. Can he stay healthy? Mm -hmm. We saw that he could hit two years ago. Are you willing to take a shot on him this year in season-long leagues? I would, although I'll tell you, in in seasonal, the guy that I'm looking at here is is someone who's staying, which is Ender Enciarte. And I'm I'm still not certain that the Braves know who's going to lead off permanently for them. Um, It's either probably going to be Albies or or Ender. I think that they trust Ender a lot more at the top because uh, I'm kind of like you. I know know you're down on Albies this year based on the second half last year, and I think he's better off at the bottom of that order. So I really like Ender and Ciarte, and the reason why is because of Donaldson. Uh, So I think Donaldson – is going to go back to you know maybe a, a downtick from what he was two years ago when he was healthy, um, but look, you're batting ahead of Freeman, you're batting behind, enter uh, NCRT is probably going to base a lot, and then you got Acuna even batting fourth. So Donaldson's going to put up really good numbers across the board this year in Atlanta. Talking to Steve Renner, you can find him scoutdfs.com. I think one of the more underrated moves and doesn't move the needle a lot but for fantasy especially the multiple position eligibility as Drupal Cabrera going to Texas uh is he someone that you like this year we love batters in Texas a lot uh and as Struble should find a way to to make that lineup every day with with Adrian Beltre um moving on now so Cabrera and, and being a switch hitter as well he gets to hit certainly for both sides of the plate so I I love as Cabrera you know third base overall I think people are going to look at, obviously, you got Donaldson, you got Machado. Those are kind of the big names. But after that, Estrubel's usually a guy that's, that's pretty affordable. And Texas is, is one of the better hitting ballparks in the league. Um, it's an interesting lineup because it's, a, it's mostly home run hitters. You don't have a lot of good batting average on base guys. But I really would like to see him uh, spot related to, to Nomar Mazar. And I think the, the, those two together are going to make a good stack this year in DFS. What about the move of uh, Machado to San Diego? How do you think it affects him this year? I think it's a down for Manny overall. From uh, And I'm going off his Baltimore numbers. Um, but it's certainly a downgrade there. But the Padres, the thing with the Padres is they have too many outfielders. And I'm really, really high on, on Framos and Franchi Cordero. I think that those guys need to be in the lineup every day. If Harris is healthy, he needs to be in the lineup as well. Um, also got Manny Margot, so they've got a, a pinch there in the outfield, and, and I think that the, you're going to see that the Padres' weakness is going to be their pitching, and it's not a so Machado should overall produce very well. I think his home run numbers take a little bit of a dip, 
to, to Petco Park. But, you know, in terms of doing drafts, I, I'm not knocking him, him down at all. Uh, I think he's still lead hitter, and, and I don't think, you know, a little bit better ballpark is, is going to change that too much. But the overall to me is, is very interesting, and I think that the Padres' bats are, are going to be very sneaky this year. Gene Segura goes to Philadelphia. They made a ton of moves. Uh, this was among one of them. Uh, how good could he be in this Philadelphia lineup where it looks like to start the year, at least he's going to hit second? Yeah, so the big thing with Segura is you go back 2017, uh, 100 games played, 2018, he got up to 144. He stayed a little bit healthier last year. It's two years. In, but, you know, you go back to when he was in Milwaukee and Arizona in the National League, he was always very productive. He's a guy that steals a ton of bases. Uh, he should be able to run plenty in, in Philadelphia. The question is with, with him, you know, saying, let's say ahead of Harper, um, how much are they going to trust him to run versus, you know, letting Harper do the damage they're batting third. But Segura is the guy. There's a lot of hype with Grimuto, a lot of hype with, with Harper, but guy you should be buying in this Phillies lineup is, is Segura. Um, I don't think it's a great year for for And I think, you know, Harper is what he is. He, he's kind of overvalued there, but Gene Segura at, at shortstop, I would take him over Corey Seager um, any day of the week this year. I think he's going to way outperform him if statistically in all the categories and in DFS. He, he's he's never owned, but don't play him, and he can he can score it a bunch of different ways. Feels like every year people downgrade Nelson Cruz, saying, "Okay, this is the year he falls off." He's now thirty-eight years old, moves to Minnesota. Does he have another big year left in him? He does, and, and they'll let him DH plenty. Um, I mean, he'll probably DH 95% of the time. I know they, they trot him out of the field the other day as well. But, you know, staying in the American League is was the right move. for. And like I said, I, I love the park for guys like him, Crone, and, and And you look at that Twins lineup, um, the kind of the thing that I think people are overlooking there is Kansas City, Detroit, especially now you got Fulmer out for the season as well, and the White Sox, probably three of the worst pitching staffs in – in the majors, if not the American League. Um, and so, you know, the, the Twins are going to feast on that. And that does a ton. Lifetime, you know, he's, he's well over 300 batting average in target, over 1,000 in his OPS. And, you know, he had a stretch for about three years where it seemed like he was he was homering every time he was a visitor there. So I think Cruz is a lot of upside. And you know, if you want to place a bet on what team leads the majors in uh that is a little contrarian, I would actually go the Twins. Yeah, I like their lineup, and especially if they can stay healthy, they definitely have a lot of power yep. upside there in that ballpark. A.J. Pollock goes to the Dodgers. I mean, we know the big question with him is health, and can he stay healthy? We have seen the average dip a little bit, but going to the Dodgers, how does this affect his value? So, health thing, and I know in football, I kind of wait a lot. There seems to be teams everywhere. You look at them, you say, man, they have players who are injured. Like the Redskins, they always have guys who are hurt. And I feel like the Dodgers always have, have lately have had a lot of guys who are hurt, and, and I don't know how much weight we can put into the uh, the training staff, you know, being poor. But I got going to a team who's always have a lot of guys that have been injured in a ballpark that he's never hit well in. It just doesn't seem very very good to me. Uh, Paul is historically batting average very good against right-handed pitching. Uh, he does have decent power against lefties, but his batting average is, is down close to 200 lately over the past couple years against lefties. And I'm really scared about this Dodgers lineup overall. Uh, I know, you know, Homer in his first game the other day, but overall, outside of Turner and 
and Bellinger. I don't think that they have a ton. So I'm I'm downgrading Pollock a ton going from from Adelaide this year. Sonny Gray going to the Reds. We know his home road splits were just ridiculous. He was terrible at Yankee Stadium, good on the road. We know since he's not a great home ballpark, but he's back with his college pitching coach. Can Sonny Gray turn it around this year? I think he has. I, I think Gray is one of these guys who mentally needed uh, a change of scenery, was never going to do well in a big city like New York. He gets the, his college pitching coach back with him. I know he came out and said that the Yankees were, were, were too many sliders, but I dug into the numbers, and it just they didn't back up what he was he was arguing per se. Uh, but I think that he Gray for for where he's going to be valued this year is, is going to outperform expectations. Uh, it, it's a not a pitcher's market certainly at all pitching there in Cincinnati. But uh, I think going to the NL, you, you get the pitcher that he's going to be facing. Uh, there's a weak lineups in that division there, so I think Sonny Gray is is primed to have a bounce back here more. T- he was in Oakland when he was kind of one of the, the prized young pitchers in the league. Um, and, and I think mentally he's going to be in a much better state this year. And the Reds, look, if the Reds can get pitching from from guys like Gray and Roark, who historically have been you know, batted around like Pinata at the time, if they can give them good innings, I think Cincinnati, Cincinnati will be competitive for a good part of the season this year. All right, that is Steve Renner, Scout DFS. Thanks for joining me, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, Adam, have a good one. All right, when we return, we'll wrap it up taking a look at the night in NBA DFS. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Reason number 12 why you should own a Thermospas hot tub? They require no attachment to your home's plumbing. Thanks to the Thermospas unique built-in thermofiltration system that filters the water an incredible 144 times a day, you simply fill it with a garden hose and your water stays crystal clear with very little maintenance. Call to receive your free DVD videos and brochure and find out how you can own a Thermospas hot tub for only a few dollars a day. Right now, they're offering 0% APR financing with approved credit and a $1,250 savings coupon including free delivery, free chemicals, and a cash discount. And with models starting at $4,995, there will never be a better time to own a Thermospas hot tub. So call now and ask about this limited-time offer. Call Thermospas today at 800-625-4922 for your free DVD videos and brochure. That's 800-625-4922. Thermospas, hot tubs designed to improve your life. Call 800-625-4922 today to take advantage of 0% APR financing. Make it rain. Here's the deal with Bradley. And here's the deal with their Missouri Valley Conference. They are 10-0 straight up in round ones in the last seven years. Teams from the Missouri Valley in this spot right now. And they always come in 13, 14, 15, 16. You know, they are an incredible 10-0 straight up. Not against the numbers. Straight up the last seven years. Now, I absolutely, it's going to end here today. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers.
It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ron is here until 4 p.m. Eastern. And while you are fixated on your college basketball brackets, NFL teams are focusing on the 2019 NFL Draft. And for serious fantasy football players, it's never too early to start preparing for the 2019 season. Roto Experts has you covered with their NFL 365 fantasy football package, including the best math-based seasonal projections and rankings available anywhere on the Internet. Davis Maddock and the Roto Experts are providing dynasty, season-long betting, best ball, and NFL draft content every day of the year to give you an edge, regardless of what type of fantasy football you play. Save 10% at rotoexperts.com with promo code FNTSY. That's 10% off with promo code FNTSY. It's the NFL 365 fantasy football package only at rotoexperts.com. College basketball tournament going on. We got a good game here between Auburn and New Mexico State. Auburn leads 75-73 with 12.2 seconds left. Auburn at the free throw line. They hit the first to extend the lead to three. So a nice comeback by New Mexico State. Uh, looks like they're going to fall short. Still some time to make a comeback, but the free throw is going to be key here. Uh, Florida State's up on Vermont 50-45 with nine minutes left in uh, Michigan State. Trailing Bradley early 23-22, 5.43 to go in the first quarter. So no great games yet, but the New Mexico State-Auburn game has been pretty good. And Auburn extends the lead to four with 12 seconds left. New Mexico State missing a couple of big free throws, uh, but they do hit a three with 6.8 seconds left. They are now down one, 77-76 with 6.8 seconds left. So New Mexico State, a popular number 12 seed to potentially pull off an upset. They are still in this game right now, so I'll keep you posted on that. Of course, you can find me at scoutfantasysports.com. Big draft weekend, so make sure you go in with all the content you need, and we can help you with our fantasy baseball draft kit uh, at scoutfantasysports.com. Use the promo code BATS50. Get 50% off your first two months. Um, And... uh, Get access to the rankings, strategy articles, tons of great content. So make sure you check it out now. And uh, we'll definitely help you uh, win for sure. We'll definitely put you in contention. And we're here throughout the whole year too. That's the other thing is you can ask your questions on the message boards and the forums, uh, waiver wire pickups, trades, strategy, whatever it is, we will answer them. I just got a question today uh, talking about is there a different strategy for head-to-head and uh, points leagues uh, and there absolutely is. So you got to know that going in. You know, points leagues, depending on the scoring system, usually more power and OBP guys. The speed guys don't have as much relevance there unless the stolen bases are really given a ton of points. But they're usually one or two points. The D. Gordons, Billy Hamiltons, they take a big hit. Uh, head-to-head category leagues, I think you can punt a category or two. Saves, steals, and average are the ones. Not everything, but I think you want to dominate category. So... There's a lot of uh, different ways to approach it, so we can help you out. Uh, Just check us out, scoutfantasysports.com. In addition to scoutdfs.com, as we'll have baseball coverage beginning next week as the season kicks off for most teams a week from today, March 28th. So we are almost there. But again, it's a big drafting weekend once again, even with two games in the book. And I don't want you to go in there empty-handed. Make sure you get access to the rankings. Uh, Auburn will go to the free throw line here with six seconds left up two. Well, let's take a look at the night in the NBA. Uh, Denver is in Washington to take on the Wizards, 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, totals 230. Denver favored by 8.5. Uh, 
Denver, uh, it's a good matchup. Washington played last night, and they went overtime, and Washington is terrible defensively. Obviously, Denver is healthy and a lot of mouths to feed, but Nikola Jokic, 96 on DK, 10-1 on Fandle. Definitely think he is in play tonight. Auburn misses the first free throw, so still got a shot here for New Mexico State. Uh, Paul Millsap is 67 on DK, 75 on Fandle. He's in a good spot tonight. I like him. And uh, I know Gary Harris hasn't been great, but he's 44 on DK, 47 on Fandle. So I think you could consider him as well as Will Bort Barton for tournaments, 57 on DK, 55 on Fandle. Basically, when we play Washington, Pretty much everyone's in play. They're not a good defensive team, and they went overtime yesterday. So I think you can look at a few Denver Nuggets tonight if you want, if they fit the build. Uh, the two best targets for me, Jokic and Millsap. The other guys, if they fit in, fine. Uh, Auburn hits the second free throw, so they're up two with six seconds left. So we'll see if New Mexico State attempts a three to try and go for the win as the underdog or if they attempt the game-tying two enforce overtime uh they drove to the basket it looked like he had an opening and they shoot the three they miss but they are fouled on a three-point attempt with 1.1 seconds left wow see this is the march madness we didn't get this excitement in the first few couple of games but wow this has been a really really good game and uh, new mexico state fouled on a three-point attempt with 1.1 second left so uh they have a shot to take the lead in this, if not at worst, tie the game, obviously depending on the free throw. So we'll see. Uh, for Washington, Trevor Ariza is questionable. He left last night's game with a groin injury. Uh, my guess is he doesn't play, uh, but who knows? We'll see. Uh, Troy Brown came in and replaced him. And remember, the Wizards are kind of falling out of the playoffs too, so they might not push him. Obviously, uh, I think Bradley Beal definitely in play. He's been crushing it, 92 on DK, 10-3 on FanDuel. Uh, I like Jabari Parker once again, used him yesterday, and um, he went, uh, he's a uh, 6-3 on DK, 6-7 on FanDuel. Uh, actually, it looks like they're changing it. I think they're saying it's a two, two free throws, not a three here, so, or maybe they were looking at the clock, I'm not sure, uh, but uh, they will go to the free throw line there at New Mexico State. Also, for the Wizards, Sadoransky's in play, 58 on DK, 69 on FanDuel. I used him yesterday. And Portis could get a boost if Ariza's out, especially in tournaments. That's where I usually use him, 59 on DK. And the first free throw is missed by New Mexico State with 1.7 seconds left. They have really hurt themselves at the free throw line down the stretch. And that's something to look at in the tournament. You want to look at teams that can shoot free throws because uh, – it can often come down to that. The second free throw is good, so they're down one with 1. 1.7 seconds left in this one. Um, if Ariza's out, I guess Troy, Ariza, uh, Troy Brown could be a punt on Fandle. He's 3,500, so I think he had like nine actual points, uh, scoring points last night. Uh, but it, it is uh, against Denver, not Chicago, so I don't know. But again, punt play potential. They miss the, set, the third free throw. Wow. So New Mexico State had an opportunity, and they missed two of three free throws, and they are down one. So that is a heartbreaker there if you uh, had New Mexico State in your bracket. Is uh, free throws a problem for them here down the stretch? Minnesota is in Charlotte to take on the Hornets, and the Vegas totals 222. Hornets are favored by 5.5 in this one. We got news today that Derek Rose, Jeff Teague are going to be out for the season. Uh, Taj Gibson is listed as questionable. 
Uh, so Tyus Jones will get another start. He's been inconsistent, and his price has gone up. He went 3 for 14 in his last game. That was against the Warriors. Certainly a better matchup here against the Hornets, but not someone that you have to play. And again, the salary's gone up. 5-4 on DK, 5-3 on FanDuel. Carl Anthony Towns, he's 10 on DK, 11-5 on FanDuel. He's been putting up big games and uh, getting a lot of uh, the usage here. So he's certainly in play uh, tonight uh, for sure. Dario Saric could benefit if uh, Gibson is out. He's 43 on DK, 4 on FanDuel. And um, I never... And Andrew Wiggins is obviously going to benefit with some of the injuries. 58 on DK, 66 on Fandle, but not someone that I am forced again. For the Hornets, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist is out. Cody Zeller is doubtful. Uh, Kemba Walker is the guy that I like the most here for the Hornets, and his price has gone down on DK, 81, 93 on Fandle. So uh, they, they're still in contention, the Hornets. There are three and a half games behind each for the eighth seed, so... The good thing with that is they're probably still going to play their starters big minutes because they're mathematically alive and they need this game. So Nicholas Batum certainly in play. Five on DK, 58 on FanDuel. And Jeremy Lamb, uh, 65 on DK, seven on FanDuel. So those would be the guys that I look at there. On the side of the Hornets, Utah coming off a win over the Knicks last night. They won easily. They now travel to take on Atlanta. And they are favored by eight. Vegas totals 225 and a half uh, for the Jazz. I think uh, Rudy Gobert is definitely in play again. Uh, 83 on DK, 94 on FanDuel. Donovan Mitchell had a big game. You know, I usually worry when they're all healthy, but Mitchell still had a big game. And none of their starters played big minutes last night because they were in control. So that's the one good thing here, despite the back-to-back. So and Mitchell had 30 points in 29 minutes. Um and Auburn hangs on. New Mexico State had a chance. They had the ball. Uh, they took a shot. They didn't come close. So Auburn wins 78-77. So New Mexico State was a popular pick to potentially pull off the upset, and they come up just short. They had some opportunities and missed those free throws. So Auburn advances. Uh, Florida State's up four with 722 left, and Bradley leads Michigan State 29-28, 329 to go in the first half. Uh, back to the Jazz, so I think Donovan Mitchell's in play, uh, and Joe Ingles uh, as well. Rubio more of a tournament play, 52 on DK, 66 on FanDuel. On the Atlanta side, really don't love anyone here. Uh, the J- the Jazz have been pretty good defensively. You know, Trey Young obviously has cooled off a little bit. Uh, so no one that I really love on the Atlanta side today. John Collins, I think you can consider in tournament 74 and DK eight on FanDuel, but not a great spot here for Atlanta tonight. Dallas is in Sacramento to take on the Kings. Dallas lost to Portland last night. Sacramento coming off that unbelievable blown lead in the fourth quarter two games ago, two days ago against the Nets. And that's where down 25 in the fourth quarter. They came back at one. Kings are favored by nine. Vegas total 229 and a half. Maxi Kleber listed as questionable for Dallas. And, uh, you know, there was a blowout yesterday, so their starters didn't play big minutes. Uh, Luka Doncic should play, uh, I would think. He is a little banged up and playing through things. He's 89 on DK, 10 on Fandle. So he would be the guy that I looked at. Uh, Tim Hardaway, 55 on DK, 53 on Fandle. Uh, is in play, and if Kleber is out, Dwight Powell, you can look at 6 on DK, 69 on Fandle. Sacramento, good spot here for them at home. 
Marvin Bagley certainly in play in tournaments. 56 on DK, 66 on FanDuel. They think De'Aaron Fox, 73 on DK and 85 on FanDuel. And uh, Buddy Heald certainly in play for tournaments. He has seven on both sides. So interesting to see how Sacramento bounces back. They're pretty much uh, out of the playoffs at this point. You know, they still have a shot, but it's not looking good. But they are home, and Dallas is also playing their third game in four nights, too. So uh, should be some feasting going on for the Sacramento Kings tonight. We got Detroit and Phoenix to take on the Suns. Pistons favored by seven and a half. Vegas total is 218. Uh, for the Pistons, it's uh, Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin. As always, Griffin, Griffin's coming off a game where he rested, but I expect him to be back here and play tonight. Uh, the Suns are really banged up, so if I'm playing one of the two, it's Drummond. Those some good centers tonight, so maybe that changes your mind and you go with Griffin because of the forward. Uh, Griffin's 78 on DK, 84 on Fandle. Drummond's 87 on DK, 10-9 on Fandle, and Reggie Jackson, not someone I use a lot, but it is a good matchup, maybe in tournaments. 51 on DK, 55 on Fandle. For the Suns, Tyler Johnson, Kelly Oubre out. Rashawn Holmes is questionable. So you're probably looking at uh, some cheap value here on the Suns tonight, but it also means a ton of shots for Devin Booker. 88 on DK, 95 on Fandle. DeAndre Ayton as well in tournaments. He is 69 on DK, 8 on Fandle. Uh, I've used Mikel Bridges when he started. The problem is he doesn't really do much, even in the big minutes. But, uh, you know, he did play 42 minutes out there. So he's more of a punt play to me. Uh, and the price is, you know, 49 on Fandle, 43 on DK. So if he is starting, you could look at him. And Josh Jackson obviously will get a boost with some of the injuries there. 48 on DK, 54 on Fandle as the Suns are definitely tanking here uh after playing uh pretty good for for a little bit uh golden state they're at home to take on the pacers and golden state's favored by 11 vegas total is 219 darren collison has already been ruled out for the pacers so uh that's a boost for Corey joseph who at times has been chalked this year and has sucked uh but you know, I think in cash games tonight, he's just so cheap. And if he's going to start 39 on DK, 44 on Fandle, it's okay to fade him on tournaments. And probably the other guy that I would look at here is Bojan Bogdanovic for tonight. 59 on DK, 61 on Fandle. I uh, really don't like a ton of the Pacers tonight in this game against the Warriors. Looks like the Warriors should have everyone tonight. DeMarcus Cousins is expected to play. So... We'll see if they sit anyone last minute in this game. Uh, but DeMarcus Cousins in play on DK at least 68. is too expensive for me on FanDuel at 86. And I guess Kevin Durant at 91 on DK, 93 on FanDuel, especially need to fill two small forward spots on DK. And when they're fully healthy, it's just uh, it's tough to decide which one to play. They all can go off, and that's why they're all worthy of a potential tournament play. But no one that I think you have to jam in at this point. Uh, so a six-game slate tonight. And again, just pay attention. There's always surprising injury news all the time. Last minute, I mean, last night we had Zach Levine. He was expected to play, and then all of a sudden, he's out. And that's why you got to pay attention if you're on a late swap site. And I had Levine in the lineup, and I had a lot of Milwaukee exposure, so I had to change my lineup, and it forced me to get James Harden. And good thing, Harden scored 86 on Yahoo!, 
Um, so that's why if you're on a site with late swap, you got to pay attention to the news or have some type of alert set up because if you just set it and we'll leave, you're done. I mean, I could, if I didn't pay attention, I would have had Levine in there and got a zero. So there'll probably be more last-minute news, so just pay attention. Make sure you're aware of it. Uh, quick update here on the tournament. LSU beat Yale 79-74. Auburn hangs on, defeats New Mexico State 78-77. Minnesota beat Louisville 86-76. Going now. Belmont leads Maryland 29-19, 7.39 to go in the first. Michigan State trails Bradley 35-34, 13 seconds left in the first half. And Florida State leads Vermont 57-51 with 4.51 to go in the second half of that game. So uh, fun day of action here in the NCAA tournament. And while you're watching, you can always prepare for your fantasy baseball draft. And to do that, go to scoutfantasysports.com. Use the promo code BATS50, get 50% off your first two months. I'll be working on my rankings over the next several days. They were number two, according to accuracy for fantasypros.com last year. So get access to that today. It doesn't cost you much, and the investment will help pay off at the end of the season. Uh, we'll put you in contention for a title. If you have any specific questions, you can just head on over to the message boards and forums, ask those questions, and you'll get an answer from us. Uh, that wraps it up here. I'll be back. Dr. Orta will be back with me tomorrow afternoon, Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Enjoy the rest of the day and a day full of college basketball. It is Scout Fantasy Sports here on Fantasy Sports Radio Network.